With the egregious data breaches of recent months and the Facebook Cambridge Analytica debacle, there's a newfound concern over who actually owns our identities. The solution to the problem may well be in blockchain-based platforms. Hi, I'm Nick Holland for ISMG, and today I'm speaking with Chris Boscolo, creator of LifeID, an open-source blockchain-based platform for self-sovereign identity management. So Chris, first of all, what is self-sovereign identity? And in fact, what makes an identity self-sovereign? Thanks for the question, Nick, and it's a pleasure to talk to you today. Um, At the heart of it, a self-sovereign identity is an identity where the user has control over the data that makes up their identity. So if we think about the way identity um, is transacted in the world today, let's, let's imagine a scenario where you might uh, go to a bank to get, create an account. To prove who you are, you will hand over quite a bit of information to the bank. You'll hand over your name, possibly a social security number, usually an address. And if it's other kinds of, you know, if it's really uh, stringent requirements, you might hand over your place of employment, all of these things that the bank will turn around and do a search in centralized databases for this data about you to confirm, does all this data match what you handed them? With a self-sovereign identity, this problem is um, flipped around. Instead of other companies and organizations like such as Equifax holding central reams of data about all of these people, each individual relationship you have through your life, you, you will create or the other entity will create a digitally cryptographically verified claim about that relationship. For example, your employer will create a digitally verified claim that you work there starting on some date and possibly ending on some date. They will hand that claim over to you. When you need to prove that you worked at that company to say the bank, you, the user, the identity holder, will hand that claim over to the bank and say, See, this cryptographic claim signed by the employer proves that I worked at that employer. And what makes it self-sovereign is that all of those claims stay in the possession of the user. And the second part of what makes it self-sovereign is because it uses cryptography, the end user is the one in control of the keys that make those cryptographic signatures possible. That, in a nutshell, is what self-sovereign identity is. It's, a, it's an, a new architecture for how we transact our identities in a digital world. So what is the Life ID platform? So what the Life ID platform is, is you can think of it as an identity as a service that people and businesses can use to coordinate these digital identifiers that are being signed as part of these claims. So, for example, I, I mentioned the employer example. I go to, an, to a place uh, to work, right? I create a digital identifier on this platform, which is stored on a blockchain. That identifier is then signed by that place of employment, creating this verified claim that I work there. So, what gives me agency over that particular claim is I have the private key that that, that is associated with the public key that's on the blockchain that they signed about me. And so the, 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 the identity as a service part is a central point of coordination and lookup for everybody that wants to transact with these verified claims. So for example, that bank example I gave earlier, when I go to the bank and I hand them over my verified claim, 
one of the things that they will do is they will take the identifier in the claim that was signed and they will look it up on the platform. The platform is, is translating that identifier into a cryptographic public key that they can then use to verify that it is me because I've signed it with the private side of that key. The second thing that the platform does is that um, if in, a, in those scenarios where uh, somebody that issued a claim needs to do a, um, a revocation, in other words, they, they made an error about the thing they said about you, and so they want to revoke the claim that they made, they, they issue that, those revocations on this public blockchain as well, on the platform. So that when the bank is looking it up, they also look up to make sure that no revocations have been issued so they can confirm that it is not only you and your claim, but the claim you're giving them hasn't been revoked by the person that gave it to you. Chris, what's the role of blockchain here in identity management? So the role the blockchain plays is, um, it's actually, it plays several different roles. The, the one thing that's unique about blockchains is that they're, they're cryptographically very secure. In other words, it's, um, what, what makes blockchain such an uh, um, amazing technology is that when things are put on the blockchain, it's very easy using cryptography to prove that the thing that got put on hasn't been changed. You can, you know, that, for example, we talked about those verified claims. You can take the verified claim and you can look it up, the, the, uh, the signature of it on the blockchain to make sure that it, that it is indeed exactly as it was when it was issued. So that's one role the blockchain plays. But a more significant role in the case of Life ID that, that it plays is that this particular, the Life ID blockchain is a tokenized platform. And what that means is that there's an actual token you use when you register claims to, to pay for the transactions um, to register these things on the blockchain. So it's, again, if you think of this as an identity of a service, um, we're all familiar with software as a service um, in the form of like what Amazon uh, sells. So for example, Amazon has a service called AWS uh, Cognito. It's an identity service and you pay Amazon so much money per like maybe user created or however they want to price it. With the Life ID platform, you pay for the transactions using the token on the blockchain. So the, the nodes on the blockchain take that the token as payment to process that transaction. And then they they uh, synthesize the blocks for the blockchain, you know, which is what creates the actual blockchain itself. And so by doing that, it decentralizes the role that that identity platform plays in such a way that there, there's no one company or organization that owns the platform the token holders end up owning the platform. And the reason the token holders own the platform is because the, the twofold. One is um, that the protocol is built such that the, the, the smart contracts and everything process the tokens that are used for paying for these transactions. In addition to that, these tokens are used to help govern the blockchain. So you state tokens in order to vote on changes to the platform. So the more people that use the platform, the more they will have a, a desire to control the way the platform works to ensure that it is continuously benefiting identity holders. And so, so play, the, the blockchain plays a role in being a secure, centralized point of coordination that nobody can tamper with, as well as 
providing the payment mechanism for everybody to use it without having it be a centralized company or organization. Finally, we can see the role of blockchain in managing self-sovereign IDs, but today we are almost entirely reliant on static forms of ID, such as social security numbers. How do we transition from where we are today to this future state where ID ownership reverts back to the individual? This is a great question. And it's, um, you know, anytime there's a new disruptive technology, um, the question is how does it replace older technologies? And at the end of the day, the new technology has to either shave time or cost out of business processes over the old technologies. Um, otherwise, there's no incentive for people to switch. So at the end of the day, what needs to happen is businesses need to have an, some incentive to uh, push them towards this new technology. With the Life ID platform, there's a couple different uh, things that incentivize people to move to it. One is um, just the ease of use is actually going to be better with the platform than what they're currently using with usernames and passwords. Because with this platform, individual users don't have to remember a username and a password. They have to only um, have a digital wallet, you know, that's stored usually on their smartphone that they transact with on this on this platform. So, so from an ease of use perspective, that there that helps. Um, with user adoption so that as, as for example think of it just as a website offering you know any website that's available today um, they allow they allow their users to log in with life id their, their users don't need to remember username and password so it's just more convenient for the user the other side of it is um, cost and so on this side um, one of the elements that this style of identity does for businesses is it remove it it minimizes the potential for fraud to happen. So that's one area that is a very large cost center for businesses. So by by switching over to um, a self-sovereign model where individual users are using cryptographic claims, it's much, much more difficult for hackers to impersonate individual people because they have to go and break into each individual person's phone, for example, to, to take over their credentials. So this, this gives uh, business is an opportunity to save money on all of the fraud pre prevention that they're doing. Um, the other, there's one other uh, incentivizer for platform adoption, which is um, there are some laws that are being pushed. So in Europe, there's GDPR, which is a privacy protecting laws for users. And we're seeing that now in the US, like California, I think just passed a law on this. What this is gonna push businesses to do is they will be legally on the hook for paying for privacy breaches, as well as um, changing their, the way they do businesses, the way they do business, so that they're not collecting all of this private information about users without informing the user. So these laws will actually push businesses toward the self-sovereign model because it makes it very easy for the businesses to comply with these privacy laws and still have a business experience that's good for the users. Thank you, Chris. That was Chris Boscolo creator of the Life ID platform. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.